Welcome back to the Neverland Case Files. Hope you have a great Valentine's Day and are ready to open another case file. I'm excited to announce that we are talking about another doomsday cult, the true Russian Orthodox Church. Let's open this case up and see what this cult has in store for us. And remember, if you like this podcast and want to listen to more, be sure to hit the like button, give me a review, and make sure you're subscribed to receive all notifications to get even more episodes in your box. Let's not waste any more time and open up this case. A quick disclaimer, this podcast contains talks about violence, cult followings, and entrapment that might be disturbing for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Thank you so much. As we open today's case file, I want to first talk about this leader of a doomsday cult. Pyr Kusikov, and I am so sorry this cult is based in Russian, and I'm going to mispronounce a lot of the names, but I promise I will do my best to pronounce it correctly. I just want to apologize in advance. He was born 1964 and is the leader and founder of the Russian religious group, the True Russian Orthodox Church. Kuznikov is a divorced architect from Belarus who wandered all across Russia to spread his message of the impending apocalypse before settling down in a village. Kuznikov did not let his followers watch television, listen to the radio, or handle money letting everything they need come from their leader. And this is a thing that a lot of cult leaders do. They cut off everything from them so that they have to rely on their leader for everything. And in that way, their leader becomes their God and becomes the person they turn to for everything. And they don't trust anyone else after that. It's a very, very common practice along cult leaders that cutting everything off so that they are the only one that can provide you with things. Very common. And something that Kuznikov learned very quickly that he could do. In the early 2000s, according to villagers, Kuznikov found a particular faith prayer room was opened and there began to receive his following. Most visitors came to see what was happening, but some staying wanting to be prepared for the coming doomsday. He talks so 
truthfully about this doomsday that was going to happen that people automatically believed him and wanted to be prepared too. And based on the way that he spoke about it, they thought he was the one that was going to protect them when it came. On entering the village, they found a large wooden cross. According to residents, the cult never worked and never allowed their children to go to school. They also were not allowed to contact family outside of the cult. And finally, the summer of 2007, a sign at the door of the community saying, Sorry, we vow of silence. Now, Kuznetsov told his cult followers that there were going to be people that were going to try to stop them from preparing for the end of the world. So, in doing that, he told them that we are going to be in a vow of silence, and we're not going to let them enter into our little village, and we're not going to let them see what we are preparing to do, because if they see, they will try to stop us. And that was very effective for the cult, because they did end up being able to do what they were about to do, because nobody was able to see, and nobody was able to prepare to stop them with what was going to happen. Now, let's go a bit deeper into what this cult believed. The cult was a Christian religion, meaning they believed in God and Jesus and angels. They were also deeply believed that Jesus would return someday and then doomsday, which to them didn't mean that Jesus took all of the true believers back with him, but that it would be doomsday for everybody on earth and nobody was safe from the wrath. That's what they were preparing for, the end of the world, and they wanted to survive. There was no evidence, though, that the end was coming besides what their leader had said. He had said the end is coming, and they said, oh, we better start preparing for that because... Kuznikov knows. He knows when the end is going to come. He's been talking to the angels. He's been talking to Jesus. So he's going to know. And we're going to be able to be prepared for that. There was no evidence behind this, but this is what they truly did believe. In October 2007, 29 members of the cult, including four children, one of whom was only 16 months old, moved from the village to an underground cave about 60 miles from the town of Pinza. They barricaded themselves inside and refused to come out or accept any visitors inside, explaining they planned to stay there until May 2008, the day Kuznikov had told them the world would end. Also, Nobody discovered that they were gone for, I think it said, at least a week. So they had a whole week inside this cave by themselves, where nobody, no media, no people, nobody knew they were gone. And then there were people in this village that noticed something strange was going on because at least one of two of them would come out from the Vow of Silence, wouldn't talk to anybody, would at least come out and get supplies for the group inside their own little commutative little village. 
So it was weird that nobody had come out in a week. So they went looking for them and found them all in this underground cave. Also, they've been carving out this cave for about two years before they went into the cave. So they've been preparing this for a long time. Here's the surprising thing though. Kuznikov was not among the members who went into the cave. In fact, authorities arrested him after the daughter of one of the missing members went to the police. When officers and a Russian Orthodox priest approached the cave and the people inside fired guns into the air and threatened to blow up a gas tank and commit mass suicide. It was clear they were not coming out easy. When they later asked Kuznikov why he didn't go to the cave with them, he just said that he was waiting for members who were late so they could go together. Authorities put microphones in the small air ducts of the cave so they could hear what was happening inside in case they needed help, which at one point during this, they did need help and were refused to go in to help. It was a really crazy time, and all of the social media was listening in on these little cave conversations, too, to try to see what was going on inside the cave and see if everybody was okay, which everybody was not okay in the cave. I mean, there was, you know, so many people in a small little cave trying to stay together and not let any authorities inside things were probably very chaotic and to not to mention their leader wasn't in there with them so this leader who had blocked them from everything in the world and made it where he was the only person that could have any say so anything they were without him and so they had to make decisions on their own and they had to try to determine a new leader inside the cave From what I can gather, the cult had dug a huge hole in the mountain with three rooms branching out from it. A kitchen, a prayer room, and a sleeping room. One day, a girl was carrying a candle in the prayer room and a fire broke out. They were able to put out the fire, but no one getting hurt, but also refused help from firefighters on the scene. It became clear that they needed to watch this cult closely. And also, it took them two years to build out this cave. Building out this cave was not as easy as it might be in Minecraft or something. Um, And they were able to get that many rooms from the cave. So not being able to enter their prayer room anymore might have made it a lot harder for them to do anything inside the cave anymore because there were only 29 people inside the cave. And now they were at even more limited room than they were before. So that must have been frustrating times inside the cave. Authority asked for help from Kuznikov in convincing his followers to leave the cave after they arrested him. But the cult members refused, believing he was acting under the influence of the Russian government. Which, I guess in a way he was, because, you know, he was arrested and then told get these people out of the cave right now. Kuznikov went under psychological examinations after he was charged with setting up a religious organization associated with violence. 
The cult leader was diagnosed with schizophrenia and held in psychiatric hospital. Authorities brought him back to the cave to convince his followers to leave the cave, where he attempted suicide by hitting himself in the head with a log. He was in stable condition after an emergency operation. He now knew the end of the world wasn't coming. He figured it out. He was like, oh, crap, I was wrong. The end of the world is not coming. And now I've brainwashed these people so much that they don't even believe me that I'm telling the truth anymore. So there's nothing that's going to get them out of this cave. And he is going to be held responsible for that. It crazy. There were some monks that even came to the cave to negotiate with the members to leave, and it was getting dangerous. Small groups started to leave the cave, but nine cult members ended up staying in the cave for a total of six months, even through the cold Russian winter. That is just insane to me that six, that nine members were so utterly convinced in their follower, in their leader, that he was correct on this, that they decided to stay through the six months of the very cold Russian winter. Insanity to me that they stayed in this tiny cave where they had barely any warmth. They could start some fires, but it couldn't be real much because, as I've said before, they've already started a fire inside the cave, so they wanted to be careful because they knew if the cave caught on fire, fire it could be disastrous for them. That spring, everyone began to get even more concerned because the cave could flood easily. You see, in Russia, whenever the cold winter months are done, then becomes kind of a flooding kind of thing in the spring because, you know, the snow, the snow melts and then there's water on the ground everywhere. And these people were inside a cave at the base of a mountain. So they were concerned that the air ducts would start to flood into those air ducts and then flood into the cave and then basically drown everyone that was inside the cave and then there would be a cave-in and it would just be disastrous for everybody inside. In March 2008, after the flood began flooding the dugout, in the end they had to ask for help to rescue a few remaining inside. After it was discovered that during this time, two members died in the caves. And here's the thing, these people didn't actually want to leave the cave. They essentially said, we're gonna be fine with the flooding and stuff, but there was a bigger underlying issue that was happening that nobody on the outside knew about yet. One of the members died of cancer, another was in a dry fast and died of starvation. Now, the member that died of cancer, it was believed that Kuznikov could heal them. So they had went into the cave, and then, you know, Kuznikov didn't go into the cave with them, but the other followers had told them, it's going to be okay, we're going to figure out how to heal you together. And then the other one was in a dry fast and believed that 
there was running out of food inside the cave. So everybody went into a fast and this person died of starvation there. The reason they did leave the cave was not because of the flooding. It was because the stench of rotting corpses threatened them with intoxication. Basically meaning they were being poisoned with gas. And, you know, I know it's said before that was, there was flooding inside. And that is basically what the cult members wanted us to believe is that, you know, it was flooding inside the cave and they couldn't make it inside because they couldn't get anything out fast enough than it was flooding into but really it was because of these rotting corpses inside the cave the members were provided with a cow upon their exit from the cave as they refused to drink milk from cartons with barcodes they believed barcodes to be satanic symbols and acting stopped getting anything with a barcode long before they went into the cave that was another part of the simulation that Kuznikov did with telling them that these things have satanic symbols on them so they're part of the devil so we can't be using them or trusting them and long before they went into the cave they learned to grow their own produce and to make milk and cheeses and stuff from animals and things like that long before entering the cave Authorities later blew up the cave to prevent locals and tourists from entering it. As you can probably already guess, the public ate up this news of a doomsday cult and stories from around the world quickly spread. I'm just going to play you a few little clips from news reports of what the public heard was happening along these caves. Russian cult members might be expecting the end of the world next spring, but the end of the negotiations to get them out of their cave by Russian officials is hoped to come sooner than that. The standoff between the two in the village of Nikoskoye is in its third full day, but officials say talks are still ongoing. who've hidden in a cave they've dug near Penza, 400 miles southeast of Moscow, believe that the end of the world will occur this spring. The people in the cave include children as young as 18 months and are followers of the so-called True Russian Orthodox Church, which reports say is a small sect led by Pyotr Kognetsov. They're claiming to have gas canisters they'll blow up if authorities try to force them out. A police officer in Poganovka village, where the cult is hiding, said when contact was made, the cultists only had one request, to be left alone because they wanted to prey underground. After the cult members had discovered that Kuznetskov was wrong on the date and that he was actually talking to God himself, the group disbanded. There were a few of his followers, though, that stayed around his prayer room that he had made in the village because they did believe that the end would come and that the one true leader of them would come too. So they stayed behind and waited for them. (laughs) 
Well, that was a great ride. Or should I say underground ride? Don't worry, I didn't even laugh at that. I would not be able to stay underground in a cave for that long. Sounds nuts. I'd also probably bail out when they said no TV. What would I do without my true crime documentaries? Thank you so much for listening. If there's a cult or serial killer or case that you would like me to open in the future, message me on Instagram at neverland underscore serial killer. You can also contact me on the same place for info about sponsoring for this podcast. And do let me know if you guys think I should start a Patreon for the podcast as well, because I love doing this for you guys, but it is very costly to take the time out of my day to do it. Thank you guys for listening and have a killer week.